Welcome to Massive Late Fee. And now your hosts, Mark and Carol. Well, hello everyone. Welcome back to Massive Late Fee. My name is Mark. With me as always is my girlfriend, Carol. How you doing today, Carol? Hey, what's up? How much has been a good week here? It is September 28th, 19... And six. Yeah, it is. It's almost October. Can you believe it? Almost the greatest month <laughs> that God ever created, named after uh, the eighth. What? Named after the eighth number. October. Uh huh. Yep. <laughs> You're so weird. Well, you know. Do you think October should be National Octopus Month, right? No. Should be National Octagon Awareness Month. Maybe it should be uh, Arachnid Month. Celebrate stop signs everywhere. Why? Arachnid Month? Yeah. So they have eight legs. Wow. Okay. So only uh, only dirty arachnids are born in October. <laughs> Who is born in October? Libras and... Scorpios. Okay. There you go. Yeah, Scorpios and Libras are born in October. That's right, because you (laughs) are also a Scorpio, and your birthday is in October. I love that you just got that now. (laughs) I haven't had enough coffee yet today. I have had coffee. I can't lie and say I haven't. I've had quite a bit of pumpkin spice. Yeah, it's delicious. Yeah. And I'm thinking about making some pumpkin bread. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, you sound like you don't like that idea. What about pumpkin pie? Well, pumpkin pie, I think, is probably more calories than pumpkin bread. What do you think? Do you? I don't know about that. But what do you think? What, so when people make pumpkin stuff, mm-hmm. which is big now, it's like a 90s like pumpkin explosion. I love pumpkin stuff, yes. But when they make stuff with pumpkin, it's cinnamon they mix it with usually, right? And nutmeg, right? Like nutmeg's supposed to go really good with pumpkin for the flavoring? I think so. Yeah. I mean, like my whole life, I've always had like uh, sweet potatoes with cinnamon and nutmeg and cinnamon, or and butter. <laughs> cinnamon and nutmeg is... <laughs> So you've had you had uh, someone with Alzheimer's that was uh, cooking for you, right? Right. So first we add some cinnamon, then we put our sweet potato in, then you got to put some cinnamon in, then we then we add a little bit of sugar, and then you got to put that cinnamon in. Brown there. sugar should be brown sugar. Why do you taste so good? But I think that is that song racist? What what song? Brown sugar. I'm not familiar <clears throat> with the song. The Rolling Stones. Brown sugar, why do you taste so good? Yeah, yeah it probably is racist. It's, it's referring to a black woman. That's very racist. I think there's some. I think there's some something about slavery. I think too. I think Holy it's about. Shit. I believe the song's about slaveholders having sex with their slaves. Oh my god, that's awful. <sighs> anyway. Okay, mind out of the gutter and back on happy fall things. Back to jack-o'-lanterns. Right. I do love October. October is the heart of fall. But you know what? When I think of fall, mm-hmm. I think of 
going to apple orchards and getting cider and donuts. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, you know, going and buying pumpkin pie kind of things. And mm-hmm. and I'm realizing, and then there's Halloween with all the candy. Of course. October is the beginning of the weight gain. <laughs> the beginning of the end. <laughs> <laughs> it's the beginning of well, uh, yeah. all those winter holidays that make us fat. Yeah, because, you yeah, you have Halloween and then you have Thanksgiving, a, a national day of how, how much can you eat. Yeah. And then you've got Christmas and all the figgy pudding and... Figgy pudding? We're not in England, you weirdo. I have never had figgy pudding in my all whole life. All the mincemeat pies you can handle. Are you taking me to England? Because otherwise, shush. No. Because you're making me sad. Happy Christmas, they say over there. They don't say Mary. I think that makes more sense. Well, I don't think they've ever been Mary in England. <laughs> or maybe it's because they call it Merry Old England. And they're like, no, that's our national, that's how we describe ourselves. My little niece used to say Happy Christmas, like Happy Birthday. And then we taught her, you know, Merry Christmas. But I thought that was cute and made more sense. Yeah. I was going to talk about Frosty the Snowman and how he says happy birthday when he comes to life. Uh-huh. But that does make sense because it is technically his birthday is being born. That's true. Uh, so, but with Halloween, what, do you have Do you have any idea? I mean, we're almost there. It's, we're about a month out from Halloween, All Hallows Eve. Uh-huh. Do you have any idea what you're going to uh, tart yourself up as for Halloween? Oh. Tart myself up. Well, that's what, uh, that's that when you are older, when you're a kid, you know, you're, you're getting some treats, but when you're older, it's all about the treats, if you know (laughs) what I mean. No, but, uh, women definitely use that, uh, holiday to dress up, uh, provocatively. Yeah. Well, my friends and I were talking about actually, uh, going as a, as, you know, prostitutes, and, um, you know, just wearing lingerie. Uh-huh. And, you know, I also have a pirate costume that's, like, kind of sexy, but not super sexy, um, that I feel more comfortable going out in public in. But, you know, I have a feeling that by the end of the night, I'll probably be in lingerie somewhere. It's <laughs> oh. usually how that goes. Really? You think so? That I have no willpower and, and never say no to anybody? Yeah. In case any of you were wondering how I got her. <laughs> nah. <clears throat> and I, I mean, I do say no to some things, obviously. Well, yeah. Or I'd have to, or you'd have to be dressed in a chastity belt. Right. <laughs> but, but I don't like to disappoint people. How about you? What are you thinking about for Halloween? I don't know. I thought maybe we'd coordinate something. You but, could be a uh, pimp. If, well, yeah, there you go. When you said that you and your friends were planning something, I, I, I got really excited. But then you said that, you know, you're just going out. So What? What What were you excited about? Better you don't get that joke. What? <laughs> that's, that's how it should be right there. I'm so confused. You know what I'm confused about? Everything. Why comedian Paul Rodriguez likes life busy. Okay. I don't know this dude. He's going to, you don't know, you don't know Paul Rodriguez? Should I? He was in a movie called uh, East LA, I believe. Never heard of it. In the late 80s, maybe early 90s. He's going to be at Chaplin's Comedy Club East on Grossbeck in Clinton Township. 
Oh, that's not too far. <clears throat> no, not too far. Busy? Sure. Comedian Paul Rodriguez has appeared in a number of feature films and produced and directed one of his own. He has also starred in television specials for Fox and HBO, which stands for Home Box Office, and recently <laughs> was co-host of the Latino Laugh Festival series for Showtime. See, it's all this stuff that I don't watch. Showtime, HBO. Latinos. Um, <laughs> I watch Latinos when I can. And for, oh, do you? <laughs> <laughs> is that, is that that's why uh despite the fact that you live on um one tenth of an acre where you have a garden <laughs> right <laughs> a horrible joke racist uh and for four years he has been host of el show de paul rodriguez i believe that stands for uh the paul rodriguez show <laughs> so yeah speak spanish <laughs> El Show de Paul Rodriguez, right? An, uh-huh. er- an entertainment talk show on the Spanish language Univision Network, which airs in the United States and in Central and South America. He is also the repeat host of Premiro Lo Nuestro. Um, uh, premier uh, News Premier. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, the Spanish TV equivalent of the Grammy Awards. Okay. Oh, it's probably about music then. Uh, despite all that work, he still finds time to take his act on the road. This weekend, he rolls into Clinton Township for a two-night stand at Chaplin's Comedy Club East. Uh, and then it's a question and answer thing here with Dana Jackson. When did you realize that maybe you had a greater sense of humor than the others around you? <laughs> That's debatable. If you've heard Paul Rodriguez's comedy, he's fine. But come Wow. On. I was going to ask if you wanted to uh, take me to this thing, but I guess not. No, not if all you want to do is watch Latinos. Hey, now, I, I was no. making a joke. Well, you did say that uh, you can't say no to anything. So. Well, look, okay, first of all. Get a couple drinks in her. I can say no. I have said no. Yeah. But I'm just, I I, I don't like disappointing people. I know, I know. And I think, um, you know, Latinos are... I I dated a couple of Latino guys in the past. But that doesn't mean that if you take me to the Latino comedy club, that I'm going to not say no. Why? Why? (laughs) You should see the smile that she has in her face. You know I'm not Latino, right? Yeah, but you're hot, too. Wow. That's what every guy wants to hear. You're hot, too. (laughs) You know what I don't want to hear, though? What? I don't want to hear about this new TV show <laughs> starring some dude named Kyle Chandler, uh, Shane Cian Davis, and Fisher Stevens. What a collection of names. Reading the future makes a fine fantasy. Everybody into the format blender. What? That's just Mike Duffy for you. CBS has come up with the oddball mix of the fall season, a new show in which the X-Files meets Touched by an Angel. The paranormal and the spiritual do a little television tango in early edition. Apparently the show's called early edition. I've actually heard of it. Uh, A fantasy drama about a star-crossed stockbroker who gets a morning paper with tomorrow's headlines. Oh, nice. Yow! He writes Y-O-W. 
<laughs> yeah. Are we writing a newspaper or a comic book? Yeah, this I'm telling you. Yeah, exactly. Sounds like <clears throat> Stan Lee. Wowie zowie. <laughs> Hello, true believer. Uh, sounds preposterous, but this je- gentle, well-crafted exploration of the human condition gets off to a promising start Saturday night on CBS. Meanwhile, laugh track lethargy grows. This weekend, we're introduced to two more of the season's dreary uh, half or batch of half-baked sitcoms. Common Law, an ABC steer- series starring stand-up comic Greg Giraldo, who I do like, who is also kind of Hispanic. Uh, I think he's like half. I should say he's kind of Hispanic. I believe he's half Hispanic. As a street smart Harvard trained Hispanic attorney making jurisprudential whoopee in a stuffy Manhattan law firm, and Love and Marriage, a paint by numbers blue collar comedy from Fox, which is being used as a less coarse punchline partner for married with children. Um, I don't know Love and Marriage. I'm not familiar with that. It's literally lines from the theme song for Married with Children. Oh, that's true. What the fuck? Although it's lines from a uh, Frank Sinatra song, too. Okay. Because that's the theme song. Love and marriage. You know that one. Yeah, I know the theme song to Married with Children. Actually, yeah, you just referenced it. My last piece of news is Mike Duffy talking about Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Which we get to talk about too because yeah, we saw it. Which I was going to say, we're, we're, we're not, uh, I'm not going to read much of this because we're going to talk about it and you uh, you trust us more than you trust Mike Duffy. Well, what does he think? Does he like it or not? Well, it says Bewitching. ABC's Sabrina works Friday night magic. Oh, okay. She's a witty teen queen with magical powers. And the playful, disarming Sabrina the Teenage Witch is about to put a giggly spell on Friday nights. So, he likes it. Well, I do too, Mike Duffy. I guess that can transition us perfectly into talking about... Should we talk about Sabrina first, or should we talk about the the show that we watched what, j- just before? Talk about Sabrina first. All right, well. Sabrina... The Teenage Witch, or Teenage Witch. What, I think it's Teenage Witch. Teenage. Uh, the, teen, the, the Witch Grandpa. for the Teenage. <sighs> Get your ball and hoop. It's a witch for the teenage. <laughs> um, yeah, it stars Melissa Joan Hart, uh, who was on the Nickelodeon show Clarissa Explains It All, which was I liked that show uh, way back when. You know, her uh, her best friend was a dude, and he came in through the window. Nope, because I never watched it. And then eventually they got together, because that's how male-female relationships work. Not always. No, if you're friends with a guy long enough, you eventually have sex with him. Unless he's gay or ugly. No, no, no. Looks don't matter, and no guy is actually gay. Okay. They just pretend to be, so that they can see women naked. So... Wow. Um, (laughs) Although my one my one gay friend always likes to touch my boobs and I'm not sure why. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) Anyway, he's not gay. He is, though. I mean, you have to be at least somewhat gay to have anal sex with another dude. And you've witnessed this. No. Well, then how do you know what's happening? Well, uh, so you think they're both pretending? Yes. So they can touch your boobs. Wow. 
I disagree. <laughs> I mean, he literally described a woman's vagina as cold and icky. And I said, if it's cold, you're doing something wrong. Yeah, was he in a morgue? <laughs> <laughs> right? But, I, I mean, I guess it sounds like some kind of, like, frightening cave or I don't know. <laughs> he doesn't want to go in. <laughs> anyway. No spelunking for that guy. No. Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Yeah. Was- Much less genital reference. <laughs> In this. Apparently, Carol was correct, and it is, I know, let's stop the process, but apparently Carol was correct, and it is a comic book. It was a uh, Archie's comic book. Yes. It's related to the Archie world in some way. Yeah, I took him to the comic book store to show him, mm-hmm. and I won. Yep. But. <clears throat> what did she win? One free Latino. Oh, my God. <laughs> It's Sabrina Spellman's 16th birthday. Yeah. And check out that last name. Spellman. Right. I mean, it's a very, it's all like tongue in cheek hokiness, whatever. It's still Mm. cute. It works though. Yeah. So it's her birthday. And apparently on the 16th birthday of a witch is when they get their powers. Mm. So her aunts are like, the show starts out with them peeking in and she's levitating. They're like, oh, right on time. Like, like it's cute. Like, she's taking her first steps or something. But she doesn't know up until this point that she's a witch. And then she has to figure out, like, how to control her powers and deal with all that while also navigating high school, which kind of sounds, like, it's, awesome, but a nightmare. It's a metaphor for becoming a woman. It's a mm-hmm. metaphor for going through puberty. Okay. She's changing. She's got all these new powers. We don't have new powers when we go through puberty. Breasts. Well, I guess being able to make a baby is a power. Anyway. You can get men to do what you want. If you wield it correctly. correctly. Yep. That's right. Exactly. Or it could turn into a disaster like it does. Now, I have a question. Okay. Her, her aunts mm-hmm. said that they have the safety on their magic. Okay. Sure. Literally, that's on what she finger. said. On her finger. Because... You have to, like, use your hand motions and your words and whatever. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't know how to use it. And they're like, so just be careful about how you use your hands. Like, turn the safety See, on her, too. Just like puberty. Be how you use your hands. <laughs> right. But instead, they just send her to high school with, like, little to no information. I don't think they can turn the safety on her. Why? I think the point is, it's not like there's a button on your hand. If you're a witch, it's like, there you go, safety. I think what she's saying is, is she has the control to to make it so no magic happens when she moves her hands. Okay. And Melissa Joan Hart, or Sabrina, needs to uh, develop that control. I think that's what she's talking about. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. It's a little more of a metaphor, but it's also kind of literal. And then, like, there's a bully, because, you know, there's always a bully. A female bully this time. Yeah. Twist. And she's, isn't she new in school? Sabrina? Yeah. Yes. She moved, so they they rushed through all this, but she moved from where, living with her parents, to living with her aunts, because she can't see her mom, 
Oh, yeah. For until she's, I think, 18. 18, yeah, for two years. So she can't see her mom for two years, or she'll murder her with her no, gaze? she'll turn into something like stone or salt or whatever. But it's because her mom's human. That's she's right. only half witch. Yeah, and it's, I guess, she can look at other humans, so... I guess it's because it's her mom. I guess. I, uh, yeah, because it's supposed. To, yeah, that's right. Because it's supposed to prevent uh, half breed marriages. Right. The the witch community sounds very bigoted. <laughs> and then her dad's off somewhere doing witch things. I don't know. And a part of him lives in a book. Yeah, they gave her this spell book and his pictures in there, and he talks to her through the picture, which is kind of weird. It, it's like. Uh, what's it called? Out of this is out of this world. Yeah. The uh, the Marine Hannigan uh, TV show where she's an alien. Yeah, and she talks to her dad through that weird triangular yeah. thing. And she and her dad is is you know an alien. No, uh, Reynolds. Burt Reynolds. Oh, okay. Her dad is Burt Reynolds, and she has magical powers. She can stop time and right. all that stuff. So Sabrina is going to have to uh, learn how to use her powers, but since she hasn't yet, she accidentally turns her bully into a pineapple. Yeah. It's kind of funny. She's turning everything into a pineapple. Yeah. So, and then when they fix it, she's just like, I was somewhere small and it smelled like Hawaii. It's yeah. funny. I love, I love this show so far. Like, I can't wait to see what else they're going to do with it. But like, even though I know it probably sounds ridiculous because we're not doing it any justice. It's so cute and charming and funny. There's a cat that talks. Salem. In the voice of uh, NFL Films uh, narrator Nick Bakai. <laughs> oh, and Penn and Teller are, are there. Yeah, the the uh, the magicians. <laughs> Those on Saturday Night Live. And, you know, they've been on Saturday Night Live. Yeah, they're, they're on the Witches Council. Yeah, which I guess makes sense because it's like magic, so they're they're magic. Yeah, there you go. That makes sense. But yeah, yeah the show is the show's a little weird, a it little is. off the wall. Mike Duffy, giving him a little bit of credit, uh, kind of equates it to Bewitched, and I can see that. It's, yeah, it's a bit of a throwback, but it's the way it's played. I mean. Not a lot happens in this episode, other than we learn the rules, that she's a witch and, and, and the rules and everything. We kind of meet the characters a little bit. Uh, there's a lot of snappy back and forth banter mm-hmm. between her and her aunts. And we meet who I assume are going to be her human side characters. Yeah. Harvey. Who the boy may- she likes. Who maybe she has a crush on. And uh, a, a girl whose name I can't remember... That's, like, going to be her best friend. Yeah, like, they just get partnered up in science class or whatever, and it it works out. I love that. She brings a frog back to life. (laughs) Accidentally, of course, because everything she's doing at this point is just on accident, pretty much. Right. But she gets to relive the day over again, so then she she makes everything the way she wants it to be. Yeah, so she has the best first day of school ever. First day? I don't know. The best well, day the of first, school. First day of her new school. Yeah. Ever. And, you know, she's 16 and she's a witch and yay. But, there, yeah, the, the the way it's written and the way it's performed, it... Caroline Ray's in this. She's another stand-up comedian mm-hmm. that I like. She's one of the aunts. I don't know the other aunts. But 
the the way it's written, it could really be cheesy and dumb, right? But the performers, Melissa Joan Hart's really good. Mm-hmm. Like I, you know, she was on Clarissa and she was fine on Clarissa, younger, obviously, but she's really developed as an actress. Um, and the way the comedic blend of these three women, mostly, because that's where most of the action takes place, works yes. with this material. They really understand. You can tell that all three of them really understand what the author's trying to do, and they're really, they've all bought into it. So it, it, it works as like a, like you said, a charming kind of like kooky thing. Yeah. I, I enjoyed it. I liked it. Me too. I want to watch it again. We're spending so much more time watching TV now that it's fall and there's actually good shows again. Right. Speaking oh. of good shows, we watched Clueless. Yeah. The TV version of Clueless that I made fun of last week. I don't know yet. I don't know how I feel about it yet. Like, I mean, they got, like, most of the cast of the movie back for the show, which is weird and unexpected. Oh, yeah. I mean, almost... Amy Heckerling cre- is a, noted as creator on the show, so she's helping develop it behind the scenes. And aside from Alicia Silverstone, who's obviously super in demand now, they got pretty much everyone back. No, um, Josh is not the same guy. Oh, yeah. What's his name? Uh, he was in that stupid Halloween movie. Paul, yeah. Paul, Paul Rudd. Rudd. Paul, and, Paul Rudd did not come back. And Brittany Murphy's also not back, but she's doing like independent movies and stuff. Yeah, like she's that. in stuff. And she's, then- she's more of a, like a... She she was good in that movie too because Alicia Silverstone's like the the kind of mainstream now she's in demand and she's going to be in a bunch of movies mm-hmm. and Brittany Murphy's more of like the I'm an I'm an independent movie actress you know kind of thing and she's going more more that route which is you know it's a good blend of those things yeah but yeah those two are not in it I mean arguably the two best parts of the movie right and the dad. Yeah, it's well, a different actor too. Dan Hedaya was just in First Wives Club, which we watched last week. Yeah, but they did get Dion and Murray is back, mm-hmm. and the the redheaded girl. Yeah, the the enemy kind of girl, Amber. Yeah, Amber, that's her name, right? And then um, the teacher from the dude from Princess Bride, Wallace Shawn. Yeah, so I mean, it's it's a really good cast, and they also got the other one, Miss Geist, yes. or whatever. They got her. <laughs> And, and I mean, Sandra Bernhard guested in this oh, episode. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. She was awesome. I don't know. I really, I mean, like, I enjoyed it. I think that it's sticking pretty well to the flavor of the movie. Um, but I'm afraid. The only, my, so the girl that plays Cher, um, I think her name is Rachel Blanchard or something like that. She looks so much like Alicia Silverstone. She's pretty good. I have yeah. to say, like, now... It doesn't really ever feel like she's doing much more than a, a in per, Alicia Silverstone impersonation of this uh, interpretation of this character. Yeah, but it it works. It works enough. Um, but my criticism of it is that it feels very much just like a rehash. So this is like a prequel. I didn't. We didn't actually watch it when I was talking about the uh, the first episode and like kind of making fun of it uh, last week. But this is like a prequel series. This takes place before the movie. How do you know that? Because there's no 
uh, what's her name? Brittany Murphy's character. Okay. There's Ty. Ty. Yeah, Ty. Ty. There's no her. She's not there yet. And um, some of the stuff they talk about in the movie is like, that's what she's doing now. What they're doing now. Oh, and. Um, and she's younger. She's not with Josh yet. Correct. They're, they're just, you know, brother or sister still. Right. Yeah, exactly. So, and he's still like, you know, working, trying to be a. Now, now they did get David uh, Lasher, I believe his name is. Uh, but he was Ted on Hey Dude. Okay. I don't know that show. Oh, it was, it was on Nickelodeon. That's why you don't know it, because it's another cable show. <laughs> it's a little wild and a little strange when you make a home out on the range. Isn't that an oldies song? No. Really? It's the theme to Hey Dude. Huh. Yippee-ki-yay. I always thought that was like from the 60s or something. <laughs> No, that's the theme song to Hey Dude. Interesting. Anyway, Danny and Mr. Ernst and Melody. Melody was uh, in that Brady Bunch movie. She was a Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, so it's, uh, yeah. I'll give it a chance, but I'm a little nervous. It was fine. That they're going to fuck it up. It was fine, but my criticism of it is it, it seems a lot like a rehash. I don't know how much they can do with these characters, considering that in the end, we know where they end up. And is their life before that really going to be that interesting? Hmm. I guess we'll see. Yeah. So I'm not sure. Murray's, you know, in competition because that's and that's the thing. They should lean more into the ancillary characters, I think, because... Murray is in competition with one of his friends for who has the bigger pants. <laughs> like the bigger jeans. The big baggy jeans. You know how that's yeah. that's becoming popular now. And that's funny. That was but that was such a small part of it. My little nephew just, just happened to look at the TV and goes, Those are some big pants. Oh yeah. <laughs> But, like, they could have leaned into that. And that guy that plays Murray, Donald Faison, he's a good he's a good comedic actor. Mm-hmm. Like, I could see him as a lead on a, a, a comedy show. Maybe. So he should, you know, like, I think they should feature him more. Well, I mean, it was only, like, the first or second episode. We'll, we'll see. Maybe they will. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. But, speaking of things that we'll see about, I want to see what you thought of the movie we watched this week, because we watched a movie called Two, that's the number two, Days in the Valley. Two Days in the Valley, starring uh, Superman's own Lois Lane, Terry Hatcher. I, I guess uh, starring is a little grandiose, probably. Yeah. She's in it. She's in it, yeah. Eric Stoltz is in it, the man who would have been Marty McFly, but apparently didn't work out. Uh, <laughs> he was also in that, that movie that you always talk about. What's oh, uh, Little Women. No, he was in Little Women, yes, but that's not the one I'm talking about. Oh. I'm talking about the one with Leah Thompson, also from uh, Back to the Future, and um, the blonde one with the short haircut, where it's like he wants to date the popular girl, he picks her up in the limo and all that stuff, but then it's really the the, the blonde one with short hair that, that he should be with in the end. I have no idea what you're talking about. Holy shit! The, you, yes, you do! You love this movie! <laughs> You, we rented it from Blockbuster. You made me watch it, and I was like, "Yeah, I've already actually seen this movie." And you like, you thought you would introduced me to it. 
Oh my god, some kind of wonderful? Is that what it's no, called? No. I've never seen some kind of wonderful. <sighs> if it is, maybe you're thinking of another girl. No, I'm not thinking of another girl, Carol. I'm not thinking of the Latino girl that I dated before you. Ha 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 ha. <laughs> no, I'm not though. It's it is you. We'll talk about it later off air. I'm not I'm not going to waste precious airtime going oh, into yeah. this. But it's definitely you. Okie dokie. All right. Anyway. So, um, anyway, Eric Stoltz is in this. I it, I can't say anyone really stars in it. Michigan's owned Jeff Daniels is in it for a yeah. little bit. And um, James Spader. <laughs> the uh, fil- film's biggest creep, James Spader, is in this. Is playing, he the actor? Playing a big creep. <laughs> yep, he's the actor in the movie. What are you talking about? No, I'm mean, sorry, the artist. The artist? The guy who had kidney stones. Oh, do you, is he supposed to be an artist, do you think? Yeah, I thought so. I, I had no idea what he did. No, he's the he's the murderer. Oh, okay. That's James Spader, the blonde Yeah, he is one. a creep, yeah. And he's with another blonde uh, who I don't know, but we get to see her naked quite a bit in yeah. the movie. Yeah. Was he in Beverly Hills Cop, James Spader? I don't know. He's not Judge Reinhold, if that's what you're thinking of. No, I just I I know I've seen him in stuff, but I can't think of what. Mm, I don't know, but he's been he's been in movies in the eighties and stuff like that. All right. You ever see? Um, uh, oh, you know what we, he was in? Um, he was in Mannequin. Oh, okay. Well, I know that he. Uh, Plays with that girl's nipple with an ice cube. I remember that. Yeah. Did that you happens. Like, did you like that? <laughs> no. Did you? Um. So the girl that we're talking about is newcomer. Uh, I'm going to butcher the hell out of this, but Char- Charles, Charlize? Charlize? Charlize. Uh, Theron. Char- Charli- Char- Char- Charlize? Charlize. Charlize <laughs> Theron. Okay, anyway. Um, oh, it's fun listening to you fuck up names. She's she's a beautiful woman. Yeah, very pretty. But not exactly my type. She's not quite... Uh, How could she not be anyone's type? She's not quite curvy enough for me. Whatever. Well, I'm just saying... <laughs> I'm not saying that if that if Charlize Theron came up to me and and we weren't together and said, "Hey, do you want to go out on a date?" I'm not saying I'd be like, "No." I'm just saying, you know, if I have like an ideal body type in my my head, it's not hers. Interesting. Yeah. So yeah, she's naked a couple times, mm-hmm. but once with blood all over. her. Yeah, a couple times with blood all over. Her, actually, well, she's not naked when she's oh bloody. Yeah, she's bloody a couple times. Tell you what, though. I mean, not to just reduce her to her nudity <laughs> in this movie okay. as an object, but uh, she is a pretty good actress. Yeah, she did a great job. She kind of steals uh, every scene that she's in, mm-hmm. especially when... Now, listen, as always, we're going to spoil this movie. So if you haven't seen it, watch it and then come back to this. Especially, as you pointed out, when she dies. Yeah. Yeah, I've never seen anybody die on screen so convincingly. Oh, it was like, fantastic. I, how do you make the light go out of your own eyes like that? I mean, it was amazing. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, and and just the 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 shaking and the her reverting to her her native tongue and everything. Well, I don't know that that was her choice, but yeah, I mean that was probably a scripted. No, oh, okay, fine, whatever. Uh, she did it beautifully. I'm just I I, I don't know about all that, but she did an amazing job. Yeah, it was it was amazing. She was very good in this. Uh, who else is in this movie? Who's the star of this movie? Uh, There's some dude that's a director that wants to blow his brains out. I don't like you said. And I don't know that. Dog. I don't know that there is a star. Like, there's just a lot of main characters that share the time. How did you like the? How did you like the exposition machine in this movie? The this director failed director or whatever. He goes and walks his dog, and he runs into this dude that tells us is in the director's entire life story. Yeah, that was weird. <laughs> Just like, it comes out of nowhere. I know it's supposed to be funny, but he's just like, oh, hey, you know, oh, your your movies have fucking failed recently. <laughs> you suck. You've had a bunch of stinkers in a row. What are you doing now? Oh, I'll see you in the unemployment line. How's your wife? Oh, we got divorced. Like, it's like yeah. the whole, like, it's just his only existence in this movie is to ask questions and say things that inform us about the other character. Yeah. Well, the, yeah, that's because everybody knows who he is already, so there's no reason for us to find out differently, I guess. It's awkward, though. Yeah. It's a really awkwardly written scene. It's not as funny as they think it is. It's awkward, but it's also awkward because it would be. And, I mean, he's yeah. supposed to be famous. Being a famous person, you're going to run into weirdos. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. It didn't bother me as much as it bothers you. I thought it was pretty creative in the beginning when the landlady came in and talked to him. Like, that was telling us a little bit more, I think. Yeah. I I, they, I mean, they, they handle exposition a little bit well in, in some of this movie because... Jeff Daniels uh, is fucking, like, psychotic, basically, and he's a cop. Yeah. And his wife left him, and they have a son together, and his wife got remarried, and the son calls the new husband second daddy and calls his dad first First daddy. daddy. And we know all that. Not because anyone ever says any of this, right? But just a pan of his desk, yeah, basically, and him uh, buying and wrapping a a birthday gift for his son. Yeah, you know, if anybody in this film was going to kill themselves, I think it'd be him. You know, like it was close. The there was one guy that was suicidal in the beginning. The actor, director, whatever, writer, director. But he, uh, he, at the end of the movie, there's no way he's killing himself. He's happy now. He's no, found somebody. He's going to get laid yeah. now. But this, it's like I the mean, end of an 80s beach movie. The last thing we really see from uh, James, whatever. Spader. Uh, is just him finding out that he's suspended from the police force and screaming. I don't remember him being in the movie at all after that, do you? Oh, that that's Jeff Daniels. Oh, that's what I meant. No, he's not in the movie uh, for the rest of the time. So, that's... like, he could have killed himself right there. <laughs> do you think he's suspended or do you think he's fired? Um, It said that he needed to get a, a psychiatric evaluation and that he had to turn in his weapons until 
then. Okay, so I guess he's just suspended. So Because he's been, ab- it said because of your abusive and erratic behavior. Yeah. yeah. Well, he wants to shut down a, uh, a hand job house. So and he's like got some weird, he's got some hard on for it. No pun intended. <laughs> right. No, but he's got some weird obsession with shutting down this massage parlor where he thinks that people are getting sexual favors. And Which, he's, he's right. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was a funny scene. The girl was so, she's so pretty. Yeah. The girl that was doing his massage and like sweet. And like, I, I don't know if she was even really going to try anything until he kind of said, Oh, is that all? Yeah. It didn't seem like it. It seemed like entrapment. Yes. And then she's like, Anything you want, I do. And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> like, that was not right. Yeah. Well. He let her go anyway. Eric though. Stoltz didn't, uh, didn't yeah. get his. He knew what uh, he was doing. Yeah. But he didn't get his, uh, you know, he didn't get finished off. <laughs> right. Well, how could you when you got somebody waiting for the room? <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, popular place. <laughs> right. Know. But anyway, so. This movie reminded me a lot of Pulp Fiction. Yeah. I had that same feeling, but it's not as good as Pulp Fiction. Oh, no, 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 nowhere near as good as Pulp Fiction. But it is, I mean, it's it, it has its moments. But it's one of those things where it's, there are basically four plots happening at the same time. Yeah. And then some of them intersect, and some of them melt. Like, the guy that wants to kill himself gets pulled into the plot with Danny Aiello, uh, murderer for hire or whatever. Mm-hmm. This th- this doesn't make any sense to me either. So the main plot of this movie is that Terry Hatcher's husband is a piece of shit. Ex-husband. Ex-husband. That she doesn't like and she's paying him alimony. So, and she's an Olympic skier. She finished fourth twice uh, in Lillehammer, Norway. And I guess then uh, before that, the Winter Olympics were in... Um, oh shit. Uh, let's see. So 94, they, they, they messed everything up. It used to be every four years was the Olympics and they did summer. They did the summer Olympics, winter, they did the winter Olympics. And now recently they changed everything to where it's every two years. And it's like 94 was the, the winter Olympics and 96 this year, you know, summer Olympics in Atlanta, that horrible tragedy. Uh, and then 98 is going to be the Winter Olympics, as they as they, they reference, in uh, Nagano, Japan. Not Nagano, Japan. Um, but before that, let's see, 92 was Barcelona, but that was the Summer Olympics. I think there was a Winter Olympics in 92, but I don't remember now. Before that was uh, 88, which was in uh, Seoul, South Korea. So in case any of you are writing this down to use later in a trivia game. Uh, <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> the, the Olympics got uh, moved around a bit. Anyway, so um, Calgary, I think maybe it was Calgary, maybe. Anyway, so she finished fourth twice in a row at the Olympics. Um, she blames her ex-husband for the second time because he brought a date to watch her. Well, yes, that is awful. But she set that up, though. True. Right? Yeah, I forgot about that. So... I don't know. Anyway, she finishes fourth. She hates him. They're divorced. She's paying alimony. She hires James Spader to kill him. 
And the way they're supposed to do it is Charlize Theron is supposed to like, uh, um, kind of seduce him or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then James Spader comes in and kills him, but that's not what they do. They no. wait until he's sleeping next to Terry Hatcher. Which, why? I still back that up for a second. Want to understand what the fuck was happening. It was their anniversary. Mm-hmm. She woke up and he, she woke up and he was just there. I think, I don't think she even let him in. Yeah. And he was sleeping in a hammock. Yeah. Maybe they already had the hammock from before when she wouldn't let him sleep in the bed or something. Maybe. I don't know. That was weird. Like, who just has a hammock in their bedroom? And Only Lois Lane. And then he gets in bed with her. He's like, I miss you. It's our anniversary and stuff. And she she says no. And then he tries to rape her. And he tries to rape her. Like, hardcore tries to rape her. Like, she is crying and screaming. And the guy who's going to come in and kill him is listening to this. And he's just listening. Like, la, la, la. No big deal. Well, he doesn't care. Yeah, he's a psychopath. Obviously. He's a, a hired killer. The other guy, Danny I think, I- would have cared. Danny Aiello. Yeah, yeah. He, he wanted to know what was going on. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. This is my point. That was their whole plan, right? So he decides not to do this. They just, He decides, okay, what we're going to do is we're going to go in there and we're going to kill him in the bed. And that'll throw suspicion off Terry Hatcher for some reason, which doesn't make any sense. But, well, because she couldn't have done it, she's covered in his blood. I guess that's true. Like, like they were sleeping next to each other, covered in his blood. Right. But my question is, if he's such a good professional hitman, mm-hmm. because he's supposed to be, he's getting thirty thousand dollars and half the life insurance, and uh, the blonde actress uh, Theron, she had, she mentions that they've done this many times before. Mm-hmm. So. If he's such a good professional hitman, why? Oh, no, they do explain it. I was just going to say, why do they get Danny Aiello? Because oh. he's the patsy. Yeah. I just I just remembered as I was like, because that didn't make any sense to me as I was thinking. about. It. I'm like, he's supposed to be so good. But like, why bring some amateur in on it? But then I just remembered he's the fall guy. Yeah. Maybe they always bring somebody in. Maybe to like pin, pin the murder on. Cause, and I'm sure Danny Aiello mm-hmm. thinks he's getting some money that they don't want to pay him. Yeah, he mentions that. So, so yeah. instead they blow up his car, but he escapes because he was wearing a bulletproof vest and he rolls out of the car. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense either. Like, I mean, he must have rolled out of the car before it exploded. Oh, way before. But, like, the guy shoots him and he shoots him in the stomach. That's... I don't understand. There are so many, like, torso wounds in this movie. Yeah. Why doesn't anybody get shot in the fucking head? Like, two people get shot in the head. And I know that maybe sounds like a lot, but in this movie, there are so many people getting shot. It's not. Yeah. Everybody should get shot in the head. That's how you... (laughs) (laughs) That's how you kill people. That's... Carol is auditioning to be the spokesmodel for Smith & Wesson. (laughs) Everyone should get shot in the head. That's how you kill people. Well, I just, Smith and Wesson. Like, we watched a movie not that long ago, too, where somebody got shot. It was... Um, Feeling Minnesota. Yeah. And they, she got shot in the stomach. She lived. Like, you can't assume that shooting someone in their torso is going to kill them. Right. Idiots. And he's supposed to be a professional. professional. He's not that good. No. And, like, uh, Char- Charlize, whatever, um, mentions that he was jealous and and that maybe mm-hmm. that screwed up how he handled things. 
Maybe. Because she slept with that guy. And she wasn't well, supposed to sleep with it. Well, it's highly implied. She, she says she, she didn't. She says she didn't. But it, and the guy says that he didn't. Yeah. They but, just made out a little bit or whatever. But James Spader is, like, obsessed with her breast. Like, uh, oh... You know, uh, did you touch her breast? He is this the him. one? Is this the one he touched? Yeah, that's what he says when he's, uh, you know, like putting the ice cubes on her. Yeah, I think I think he's probably right that they slept together. She I do seems like, like a whore. I do. <laughs> wow, I do like how he matter of factly says before he's going to kill her. How he matter of fact, James Spader's so like he's a creep. I don't know if he's a creep in real life. He plays a creep so well though. But uh, I like how he just kind of matter-of-factly goes, for the record, I don't believe you. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's just like, there's not a lot of emotion there or anything, you know. But yeah, she they, she gets into a fight with Terry Hatcher, and Terry Hatcher ends up shooting her in the stomach, mm-hmm. as you point out, another stomach wound. Uh, and she, for some reason, instead of going to the, instead of going to the doctor, mm-hmm. or calling an ambulance, or, or anything like that, Instead, she lurches all the way from their hotel room to Terry Hatcher's house, which has to be like James Spader drove there. He took his time. He he like he saw uh, fucking Jeff Daniels on the way there. Like it has to be so far from this uh, hotel. And she just supposedly just walked all the way over yeah it's really weird like why didn't you do anything and and like what you think he has magic powers he's gonna save you right he's a killer not a healer yeah exactly and he's like "Mm, only one thing we can do he's like gonna go shoot her (laughs) yeah like a mercy killing which do you think that was a mercy yeah probably but also probably to get him out of you know i'm sure a plan was formulating in his head because he just murdered two two police officers instead of waiting which he should have done anyway. He yeah. makes so many bad decisions yeah. in this movie. But instead of waiting to get the money that's in Terry Hatcher's house, he shows up and kills the two detectives investigating the case. Yeah, and they both keep yelling at Terry Hatcher because she had their $30,000 in a safe in her house. Where else are you going to keep that money? Right. Like, they expected her to just have it on her person while she's being interrogated by the police. Maybe that doesn't seem suspicious. Maybe they thought she'd have it in the bank. I don't know. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. The whole, there's so that's like, you asked what I think of this movie, My there's only one word and it's weird. That's the overarching thing here. It's a weird movie. There's definitely some logical inconsistencies in the movie. I think we could probably do without the the director that's going to kill himself, but that director is clearly this writer and director of this movie. What? Like, that's an avatar for him. Why? Because he he did a couple features that didn't do too well, this director, uh, and did some made-for-TV movies that got some, some... acclaim and then some that were less acclaimed this director if you, interesting if you look at his filmography the director in this movie that's going to kill himself is same filmography essentially okay because he did the the one that i've seen that that this guy did before this movie he's only done like a couple feature films or whatever he was an actor before this but uh the one that he did that i saw made for tv movie was the the long island lolita story it's Ooh. the Joey Buttafuoco. Yeah, he direct. He wrote and directed that movie, that made-for-TV movie, and then he did this. 
Okay. This is much better than that movie. Yes. But still, very weird. Yeah. I cried, though, for his, his Avatar character. like for, for the dog. And the dog. Mostly the dog, really. Because he keeps going like he's going to shoot himself in front of his dog, and then his <laughs> yes. dog is sad and cry. Like, first of all, I don't know that that would happen, because I don't think a dog knows how a gun works. Why? Like, I don't think the dog oh, would they, look you at... need the you need to be the Smith & Wesson spokesman for dogs. <laughs> Shoot yourself in the head. That's how you kill people. And so the dog heard that, and he was like, the gun's at his head! Because he was going to shoot himself in the head. <laughs> He's trying to tell his owner, that's how you kill people! What are you doing? <laughs> oh, my God. But... So, yeah, and he, he takes this poor dog out to a cemetery, to his mother's grave. Yeah. What kind of psychological issues are going on there, by the way? Because <laughs> he wants to shoot himself at his mother's grave. Yeah, oh, yeah, that that is weird. And he's just going to, like, abandon this poor dog. Like, he should have found S- someone. Someone will find you. To take care of the dog before you kill yourself. The Get thing, your affairs in order. Yeah, the thing with suicide is you have all the time in the world. You're not on anybody else's timetable. Get your shit in order. You have nothing else to do now. So for all of you contemplating suicide out there, so Carol's also the spokesman for suicide, not prevention, but just suicide awareness. All of you contemplating suicide out there, get your shit in order. You're not on any timetable. You can relax. You know, Take honest- your time, get your ducks in a row, then kill yourself. I'm just saying he could have taken care of the dog. Yep, that's true. <laughs> that was obviously his biggest problem as he's contemplating suicide. What am I going to do with my dog? It was his biggest problem. Well, it was our biggest problem because that dog was cute. It was very cute. Uh, but yeah, it's so... Uh, think Pulp Fiction, but not as funny, not as well written. It's not, the dialogue is not as witty. No. It's a little, I, I want to say it's a little grittier. It's not like, mm. it's not more, it's not more violent, but grittier. Like more, more seedy underbelly, you know, this uh, is the. I don't think so. Okay, well, I disagree, but uh, <laughs> can I finish what I'm saying? Yeah. More seedy underbelly, this is the real world kind of, kind of thing. I think that it's more that than Pulp Fiction is. Because, and I, I think you're totally wrong, and I'll explain why. Pulp Fiction is not gritty. Pulp Fiction is violent. Pulp Fiction is funny. But all these, like, all the characters in Pulp Fiction are cartoonified versions of, to make it funnier, to make it lighter, it works a lot in that movie, and it's more entertaining than I think this is because of that, but they're kind of cartoonified versions of what these characters would be in real life. Think about two mob hitmen, okay? Are they having conversations about what foot rubs mean? <laughs> and then are they like, oh, you know, I'm you're just going to walk the earth, you're going to be a bum? Like, are they... Are they those characters in real life, or are they, we're going to fucking kill you? You know, like in real life. In real life, they're not as colorful. They're not as bright. They're not as shiny. They're duller. Okay. What Quentin Tarantino did is he took these characters and he made them brighter. He made them more colorful. He made them more cinematic, more interesting. 
I think this movie is grittier, more street level, not as interesting. That there, it's more like in real life, James Spader would be just creepy and emotionless as as a, a hitman. He'd just be like, whatever, you know, and like putting the silencer on and killing people and making decisions based like that, right? Right. James Spader's character is one quirk. Uh, you know, everyone's got a minute. You know, a minute lasts longer than you think. Everyone wastes minutes until they have one left on Earth and all this bullshit. Um, but it's 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 a very small part of his character. The rest of his character is just, like, steel-eyed killer. Yeah. And that's what it would be like in real life. This writer-director didn't make that character colorful. And because of that, it be, it it's less interesting. Hmm. But I do think that it's, like, grittier okay. in that way. All right. I guess you're right. You win. <laughs> that's the whole, this this show, that's that's all I, I look for, is for her to say you're right. Then we can end. <laughs> no, but uh, I liked it, but I didn't love it. Yeah. It was fine. And like you said, there's there's some weird stuff about it. There's some logical inconsistencies in it, but it was entertaining enough, and I cared enough about the characters. I guess I'd recommend it if, you know, if you've liked... If you like Pulp Fiction and you want to expect less than Pulp Fiction, <laughs> then I I think this is worth it. Yeah, I think it was it was a decent movie. I would I would watch it again. All right. Well, that is the show for today. Carol, tell the people all that stuff. So uh, go ahead and check out our website at www.retrolatefee.com. Yeah. And write us at latefee1994 at aol.com. We'd love to hear from you. And uh, tell your friends. Tell all your friends about the show. Bye. Bye.